broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Alright guys, it is 5pm here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Nerd to know with myself, Dara O'Connor. And this week we have a very special show, show number two since the relaunch. Um, of course, we have more of the DCC panel um, coming up at the end of the show. Uh, but kicking things off, uh, I'm going to start with a segment um, with myself and Mr. Bryn Rook, who is also the host of this show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the most recent developments with the the copyright proposal, Article 12 and Article 13, sorry, Article 11 and Article 13 of uh, the EU copyright law which is very very important um, so I would recommend checking that out uh, go over to save our internet or save your internet.eu so you have to check out all the details there uh, the main thing is that it's not over even though it was voted down uh, there's time to review it but do listen to what we talk about and then go check the website out and uh, you can contact your MEP for more details on that after that um kind of continuing on a more serious tone than last week uh i have an interview with uh mr connor manning about internet addic- addiction so he did um a, a very good article num- a number of years ago about it so i wanted to kind of touch base and since it's come back up in the in the media recently where you know video games uh, games like fortnite and that are all been classed as um equal to drugs for some reason uh it, it's kind of good to bring that up and, and see if there's any kind of empirical tests or an evidence that we can draw from that so that's coming up in the midpoint of the show and then as i said at the end uh more of that dcc panel where to get into more voice acting kind of stuff because if there's anything you want to uh, have on the show let us know contact uh, phoenix fm on twitter or of course my twitter is at wv so you can tweet me directly and uh, next week we'll have uh, more to come so guys check it out because like you know both of us are kind of concerned about the whole uh, article 11 and article 13 and like for anyone out there who doesn't uh, who hasn't been following this basically um uh, the eu is looking to put through legislation that will basically fly in the face of the very purposes of why the internet was invented in the first place they're yeah. go- like um I believe it's Article 11, which is basically going to try and like make people have to pay for links. Yeah, Article for, Article like, Article 11 pretty much means if, for example, uh, sites like WrestleView um, wouldn't wouldn't fall into into it because they're in America, but sites like uh, thejournal.ie, uh, independent.ie, yeah, broadsheet, broadsheet, anything like that, if they link to an article, they'll have to pay a tax. So it pretty much kills yeah. new media instantly 
And yeah. also, any like I don't know if yeah, it exce- I don't know if it'll extend to us if we start quoting from Wrestle yeah. if we start quoting from Leech Report and that. Would we have to pay a tax referring to an article? Mm. Maybe because it's very general. We probably will thing. because it's like an external. It's an external. Yeah. <laughs> it's an external thing, so you have to pay for a link for it, and like, you know, like that, like that in itself is like that's atrocious bad. and all. Yeah. Like that's like, but I mean, like it gets worse. It, yeah. Oh, guys, it gets so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like then like article 13 basically means that there's going to be content id on every single copyrighted image and gif and not 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 only that not only that and, it's, you know, mp4 and everything it's like it, it's not only that the the actual wording of the doc of the document of this legislation literally says copyright filter which means yep. everything you upload to the internet inside the boundaries of the EU will have to go through a filter which is not run by humans it's run by probably terrible AI who will flag anything so that could be as much as us saying AJ Styles yeah (laughs) to literally to a clip of the Simpsons pretty much the way uh, actually that's, I was thinking the more Wayne's world Wayne's world to be honest yeah well look that, from an audio perspective it's very general from mm. a visual perspective you know memes are dead mm. memes will be oh, killed I wonder if you get content ID'd for saying it's the voice of our generation yeah <laughs> that's also a thing that could happen you know it. but uh, you know not only from a from a media perspective from what we do because we're content creators uh, pretty much yeah. like we're still going to be able to do the job but it, it will be very limited in what we're able to do um, I, yeah. I don't know, like, music and stuff would have to be... Well, guys, you're going to have to listen a lot more about music because <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to be allowed. Um, but pretty much yeah. a, a lot of a lot of what it's, we... It's like, it's... I mean, the, the, the big... One of the big negative side effects that, like, has not been... Has not been considered at all in this... No. Is that, like, there's going to be a massive black market that's going to generate. Yeah, listen... This. Like a massive, like dude. There, look. I'm not going like, to. They think, they think piracy is bad now. Yeah. Well, look. <laughs> it, 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 not to go into too much, but for anyone who doesn't know, there is the deep web. <laughs> That's yeah. a thing. There's also there's v- not even like the deep web. There's, there's like, also VPNs. Piracy is like not like, you know. No, but I mean, like for example, to get around this, you know, uh, there's VPNs. There's Tor routers where you can just connect to a different server in America. You know, it won't stop anything. You know, the best way to stop piracy, if this is what the point is, is to make the service Mm. cheap and available. Because here's the thing, right? If something is cheap and if something is readily available, Mm. it's going to be adapted. People use Spotify when you can just download music. Why? Because Spotify is... Spotify is more... It's more convenient. Yeah, it's more convenient. It's you widely know. available, and also it's it's there. People use Netflix like when a, you can download movies. Yeah. There's a reason why, like YouTube, has a subscription service now. Yeah, it's because it's it's sensible. Yeah, you know, yeah. I hate ads. Well, here's YouTube with no ads for a fee. Yeah, you know, and, and you get mute, like the arguably the best streaming music service as a result. Yeah, you know. And that's like, see that's the great that's the great thing about about the internet you know it has its own checks and balances and by forcing something onto this it it one brings up the black market two brings up a uh, massive distrust in the EU and look it, uh, if this if this passes you know 
not only with, with the jokes of the memes and the haha and us as content creators, it also can be used for censorship because anything, oh, yeah. anything can be hit with um, an ID claim. Oh, I don't like what you said, so content.ie claim. For anyone who's, who doesn't know, uh, I cite Jim Sterling's uh, yeah. digital <laughs> homicide case. <laughs> Where yeah. they didn't like his reviews, so they took him to court, court and wanted to sue him for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Content ID them before yeah. they'd even sued him. Like, yeah. And they, now, like, now, now, just imagine that, but with a good, with the backing of the EU. Like, I mean, could you imagine? Like, could you imagine if uh, if you were in a situation where, like, for the sake of argument, you had someone from Sinn Fein make a video? Yeah. And then you had someone who was like a fit of all supporter who didn't like them, so they just content ID the video. Yeah, it's not a society you want to live in. No, like it's really not. No, listen, you know? listen guys. I, like, I no disrespect to people, listeners from China, and I, there probably isn't because this would not get through your your firewall. But for any uh, listeners in Chinese descent, you'd be I, surprised what gets through the Chinese firewall. I I've been to, I've I've been to China, man, and it was. <sighs> Hey, if wrestling with smut can get through the can get through the Chinese firewall, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I know, I know, but like I, I, I've I've been there and it, it terrified me. Um mm. to a horrific extent. You can't Google anything, you can't go on Facebook, VPNs are blocked, or, or, or owning a Tor router can get you in jail for like ten years to life. This this is where this leads, you know, this is not this is not a world that I want to to be part of, and this is not democracy. This is cr- quite as close to Hitlerian as you can get without the swastikas being everywhere, you yeah. know. Like, you know, it's just, um, it's just like it's it's disturbingly dystopian. Yeah, and and, you know? and the fact like, that and the fact that to, without having to like assign any iconic dictators yeah <laughs> to, yeah to mix, you know like uh, it's just dystopian yeah and it's not like it's just not a good way to be no you know? It, uh, and but, you know and here's the thing you know uh, i can't believe that this isn't a bigger deal that's what that's what that's what scares me you know it's like this is something that can, like it was debated in the eu parliament two weeks ago and it nobody talked about it, it wasn't reported on because the world no. cup yeah nobody talked about it uh, it's now, now it's like, now it's starting to be to be talked about, but you know a couple yeah. of years ago, you know you'd be a cook a kook for talking about this. It's like no, this is this is in the works yeah. for a while. You know, for anyone who wants to know what's going on, like YouTube is kind but of like I, I think the platform we're, more for fo- we're so much fo- more focused on the US yeah. and the FCC stuff because it was way bigger. Yeah, it was way bigger news there. And look, net, and it, and look, net, net neutrality. We all start going. Oh, it's not going to happen here. Yeah, like net neutrality. Losing net neutrality was, it was bad. But it's like at least you still have the internet. This is far worse. This is literally, <laughs> yeah. this is literally taking oh, the yeah. internet away. <laughs> you know, bl- putting yeah. it behind so much red tape that it it won't be able to work. You know, people's livelihoods. And here's the thing: I can't believe that the new media aren't talking about this because, guys, this affects you. Me and Britain, we work in IT. We're fine. You know, we're okay. You guys are pretty screwed if this passes. Yeah. So get on it. You know. I'm kind of surprised that, like, even someone like I mean, who's like a big Irish new media type, someone like um, Jack Septicai. Yeah. 
you know, I don't understand how he's not talking about it because, like, he's like he's legit screwed. Yeah, <laughs> like that's it, man. You know? Like his whole livelihood is finished because it, unless he is uploading from an IP in the states, which he might do, then it's okay. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, I I see. I don't the the problem here isn't that they're trying to do it. The problem is that it's so vague it could apply to anything. That's the like if they want to bring yeah. in copyright laws fine there's already them there's they already exist yeah. you can't get onto pirate bay you can't get onto kick-ass torrents you can't get onto these sites because they're all blocked in our country um and that's yeah. fine you want to do i totally understand that but that's to just make yeah well we, we don't endorse that but you know no, but they are available they are available use, yeah i recommend you do but no. they are available if you want to use them but i'm not saying you should but they are available <laughs> yeah but the thing about it is to put everything through every single every single piece of media every tweet every post mm. everything has to go through this filter where does it stop does it stop with everyone on the internet having to provide an id does it stop with yeah. you know it, it just keeps going and going and going so what i would say now to anybody who is any who loves the internet who actually like who or as a content creator who works on the internet who's listening to this on phoenix fm guys this will affect everyone listening right now in the eu you need to go over to https www.saveyourinternet.eu right there is a list of every single mep there if you're listening to this in germany if you're listening to this in france nor uh the nordic countries uh Spain, Portugal, whatever, any EU country, they're all there. For Irish listeners, there is a quite a big list of MEPs that we have. There is a, a standard template email there, which you can just send, or you can add to it. I, I sent my own email, and I know some other people have done that too. We have yeah, time. Some, we have time to change this. Sorry, it is even a big enough issue that you're seeing like um, a few TDs who have like automated emails yeah. set up for these already. Yeah. So like, you just get like a generic, a generic response where it goes through the entire stance they hold on it, and it's it's kind of it's kind of a relief. Yeah. Like I've I've heard that the like the the thing that's like nice to hear is that because I remember like when I saw the story break over Reddit, and it's been nice to see people go, oh yeah, I was talking with my MEPs and like france and the uk and stuff and they're going like yeah they're really against it too so yeah. it's it's kind of nice to see that like mm, a lot of people here do actually see that this is not a good idea yeah and there's, and there's, think, there's one thing as well I, I was watching before the initial vote that um they do have tech people there who are like this is a bad idea <laughs> yeah this is a, but here's the thing it's like laws made by people and this is the fundamental problem I'm not gonna get too political with the eu but this is this is the problem with it right no one was consulted. No one was asked. Not once. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then once they got consulted, saying they were like, "Oh no, it's, this is this is bad." <laughs> yeah, but look, we had a referendum in this country a couple of weeks ago. That was a very important issue. Why don't? What's wrong with just doing a European wide referendum? You know, if they can be called that easily. Yara, uh, if you don't, if you don't give the right answer, they make you vote again. That's it. That's true. They make you vote again, like Lisbon, which which we just <laughs> let happen. Which we just ha- which we let happen. Lisbon too. It's like okay, so yeah, <laughs> that oh god, that, Lisbon too. Yeah, like the fact Lisbon that happened Parker. and was allowed to happen was is worrying by itself and also dystopian. But uh, yeah. you know, at least being asked is kind of 
you know would be nice and i think i i i, I like i like when my masters ask me yeah. <laughs> ask me if i like the chains yeah it's, it's yeah. Uh, oh you don't like the chains well let's let's ask you again after you know <laughs> browbeating you for like two months you know and yeah. it's just at some point it's like well the kickback and this will be huge you know big things big things don't really affect people in the day to day a lot of the time small things do because they actually get on it the fact that they're going to take memes away as silly as that is <laughs> that's the thing that people will be like hey man what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like you it's can't not, take the memes. The free access to information. It's yeah. the memes. It's the memes <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't want to say that this won't pass. I, uh, you know, I think it will be defeated. But guys, we can't rest on that. You need to actually go and make your voice heard. Mm-hmm. And look, if you support it, that's great. But the whole point of the internet yeah. is to have free information, not live yeah, in the like Chinese style the, Like it was literally created by engineering not nerds. Yeah, who were like, oh, it's like, oh, it's cool how we if we connect up our computers they have more processing power they've got a collective processing boost oh yeah that is interesting i wonder what happened if we did it across state lines oh look it's even better oh i wonder if we do it across the entire country oh it's even better i wonder if we do it across other countries oh it's even better again and like, you know exactly. I, like without like without i mean like at the moment i'm sitting in front i'm sitting in front of my computer which allows me to talk to my friend across the across the county yeah. while also having a phone that connects me to any information feed i need exactly like uh, you know and you it's know. just uh, if you guys haven't heard about this please go over to uh the website you know even google article 11 article 13 eu yeah. and it will pop up it this is quite possibly one of the scariest things i've ever seen in my lifetime because the fact that it's it passed and it's going to be voted on now in December. So we got some time. It'll probably be a year and a half. Just think mm. about GDPR. Nobody heard about GDPR until it happened. I heard about it because I did a cybersecurity course in November, before and it was all about it. Just think mm. how how much how much that has affected everything. This is that times a million because it affects everything you do day day to day. It's it's really scary, um, you know. So tell everybody, you, tell, hear, you know, tell your friends, you tweet about it. All yeah. Sorry, Ben. Did you hear how heavily uh, sued uh, both Google and Facebook were within a day? Of course, <laughs> no one's compliant. That's yeah. why. Yeah, you know, it, it's, no, but like, they're the two main. They're the two main people who aren't complying. Yeah, right. Here's the thing: you there's, so many, you, there's so many small businesses that got shut down by GDPR yeah. as well. Yeah, you you can't. It's impossible to be compliant with it. it it's it's not enforceable, mm. and that's the thing with this as well. In reality, this isn't enforceable. You can't. Yeah. It's the internet. It doesn't work that way. What's so interesting is that, like, you've we've got like examples of things that prevent piracy. Yeah, Netflix is a great example. Yeah, like even like even in the wrestling scheme of things, how many people do you know who stopped watching watching WWE illegally? Yeah, most people. They have a no? WWE Network subscription. Most people have because it's like, well, it's it's easier. <laughs> like, it's easier, and the stream the stream if it dies, well, like, look, it's. It happens. Yeah. Well, look. You know, okay. Let's put let's let's but, put let's put this into perspective, Brent. Right? You can theoretically spin up a site that has that that hosts WWE. You open up your computer to the whole world, and you can get hit with loads of viruses, right? Or and you can only do that on one computer or whatever, right? Just because the way it is, because it's blocked certain things. Or you can pay 
you know, the, the set amount anywhere you are in the world for WWE Network, and you can have you can open up and work, you can open it up on the toilet, you can on the bus because it's everywhere. It's on your devices. It's safe. It's secure, and you're paying for it for clear uh, yeah. DVD or Blu-ray quality. You know, that's one thing. The way to overcome this piracy thing and honestly guys i think this is absolute bs it's a total cover but yeah. the way to overcome pi- uh, piracy provide a better service <laughs> you know yeah. that's it like, the market the market the free market mm. pushes the best that's just the way it is but like what was there's a brilliant quote about like uh piracy it's like the piracy exists when like when it's when the district when it when the distribution distribution model is so con- convoluted that it's easier to acquire some acquire something through theft than it is yeah that's true legitimate means that's true that's very like, very true look at steam look at know. look dude look at steam right <laughs> steam actually now you, you know who said that actually you know who said that what Gabe Newell yeah that's exactly it yeah <laughs> the man was right and he's a millionaire because of it it's yeah. like come on yeah. but like. Like yeah, Gabe Newell. If people who don't know who he is, Gabe Newell is the uh, person who created Steam. Yeah, Valve. owner of Valve. And, yeah, yeah. And basically, like what he is, what he has done is he completely nullified the need. He made it so easy for people to buy games that they don't pirate them anymore. Yeah, I don't know any. It- I don't know anybody who pirates games because it's so. Because I, 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 dude, I can pull up Steam now and just buy a game for ten cent. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be okay. It'll probably be a good game. <laughs> you know? I can get a but game like, I actually I, want for I, I 11 people... euros. Sorry, go on. Yeah. I know people who pirate games, but purely as a free trial basis before they actually buy it. Fair. But that's it. Fair. That, like, you know? as a demo. Also, yeah, because they're also like, uh, there's probably some kind of malware in this. Yeah, see, <laughs> they're know? actually... Uh, they're, Especially they're... with a new release. Yeah, there probably is. And when you see how easy it is to do that, it's kind of scary. Actually, speaking of which, Half-Life mm. 2 right now is 81 cent. So. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Oh, I wish I had money. <laughs> uh, there you go, though, right? You know, yeah. oh, you could go onto a torrent site and get that and probably infest your computer. Yeah. Or you could just buy it. <laughs> No. because it's there and it's available and guys this is what we're talking about content id no. is, is not the way forward resist article 11 and article 13 if you're in the eu if you're american and you know what we're talking about guys it gets far worse than net neutrality <laughs> you know yeah. it always gets worse so uh yeah thanks for letting us talk about that we don't um, we're completely um like at least you have a sheet pal to know that you hate them. <laughs> we don't even know who to hate. Yeah, we don't even know who it is. We we don't even know who these people are. Like that's the thing. It's it's completely fa- faceless. Yeah, it's probably that they actually have giant Reese's cups as well. Because you know. Yeah, like here's, just... here's the thing though, right? Air MEPs, you know, there's literally your website to tell you who they are because you don't know who they are. You know, and and they're people who you vote for. The people who run the actual EU itself aren't voted for. They're just random people. So, yeah. yeah and people are like, why did Brexit happen? Uh, <laughs> it was more than just whatever the mainstream media said. It's because of stuff like this. And, you know, when stuff like this happens, more people are going to leave because you can't rule people like this. It's, you know, it's, the, it's supposed to be democracy. And this isn't democracy. This is, yeah, this, no, is this, this is, this is, this is a um, mess. Yeah. This is a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. That's exactly what it is. So yeah. Um, it's just a mess. Yeah. Man, <laughs> seriously, Europe right now is, 
<laughs> oh, it's a mess. Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I want to go. Who does that song, but Dude, I want to go back to 2000 and, 2001. Sorry, 1999 to 2007 was awesome. I want to go back there and just wrestling was good. Video games were good. Proto internet, you know, music was okay. Movies were good. Mm. It was fine and nothing was really that scary. Now, it's totally different. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, uh, thanks for indulging our rant listeners. And it was just a simpler time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> just a simpler time. Phoenix FM. Um, I am joined on the line now by Connor Manning, the man himself who wrote the article Could You Live Without the Internet on the College Tribune. Good morning, Connor. Good morning, Dara. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem, no problem. Now, while I was doing research last night for the show, um, I actually was going to bring this up and I didn't realise that you wrote this article. Yeah, um, I just thought, you know, it's something that the media doesn't really report a lot of because it's a very new psychological phenomenon, mm. and I wanted to look into it some more. And how how exactly did you go about this? Because this is a very well-researched article and something that, as you said, the media doesn't really focus on. I don't think they've identified it as the problem that it actually is because people in their age group will search the internet constantly, you know, we know how this is. You can't live. You can't live. You can't do anything without checking your Facebook or your email every hour. Exactly. You know, on that point, there's actually something that I didn't include in this article, which was that um, a couple of my friends went around the other day and asked the question, um, "Would you rather live without sex or without the internet?" And in the majority of cases, the answer was they'd take the internet. Yeah, it's um, true. So it's a huge thing. Basically, what I did to research it is I just searched online. A lot of the psychology journals um, are available online for free. And what you can do is if you've just got a really vague knowledge of statistics and experimental practice, you can read any of them. You don't need to know any prior psychological background because really this area is just starting now, you know. Mm. There's a lot of research that's already been done it's kind of just laying the groundwork at the moment on this disorder. And do you think it is worthy of conducting a further thorough study on it, or do you think it's something that maybe um, it's not as serious as alcohol or drugs? I think it's absolutely worth conducting a further study on it. Um, There's actually specialized addiction clinics for the internet springing up around the world. Um, You know, the thing is that alcohol and cigarettes are widespread and have been widespread for years. But remember that it took years to realize that they were addictive, that they have an effect on the brain and that they can cause, you know, life-damaging dependencies. So it's going to take a while to get to that stage with the Internet because the Internet does do that with people. Hmm. It does make them um, neglect sex, neglect college, neglect work. You know, just kind of 
let other areas of their life go down. Um, and the thing is that the people who are um, researching this at the moment, they're really trying to figure out what, it, you know, they have to try to define for themselves what internet addiction is because they're all agreed at the moment that there is a problem and that you can clearly see the signs of the problem. You know, they have tests for people who are internet addicted where they'll ask them a series of questions um, and then they can determine whether or not they are addicted to the internet. But they haven't really determined what causes it within our brains and what factors can help us to treat it. But on that note, if it was addiction and if it was something that could stimulate the brain, is it because of the wealth of access that people have on the internet because it's you know it's the portal to every piece of knowledge that we could possibly ever need or is it something that they're looking at is it something that they're searching or is it you know the fact that they can go on and talk to their friends in canada in the states or in australia well it might be the latter because most of the studies so far have looked into specific applications of the internet so they've looked at maybe um pornography gambling and chat on the internet. And they found that by far the most addictive of those three was chat. Mm, definitely. So you, you could definitely be onto something there. Um, about the brain scanning thing, well, the research um, into the effects of the internet and the brain, this was done by the National Science Foundation in China. And they did this in late 2011. And they took people who they knew to be internet addicted scanned their brains and found similarities between the stru certain structures in their frontal lobes, I think it was, um, and that of people who were addicted to alcohol and drugs. Mm. So it's very, very new research. It's only in 2011, at the end of the year, when the first people actually thought to scan the brains of people who were addicted to the internet to try to find out what's actually physically going on. So... uh there's actually no explanations really put forward yet. I think people need to do more of that kind of research before we'll find out. And there's a very interesting thing you bring up here about um, the effect of the Wikipedia blackout last year over the sub over the SOPA protest that, of course, we brought up here on the broadcast. Um, and you quote somebody who said that what would happen if his internet crashed? You, he said that there would be, quote, a sense of loss. What would I do with my time? And that's a question that I've also, I've often asked myself and others. You go home, you're like, okay, I'm going to go on the internet, I'm going to, you know, search out this, I'm going to listen to this broadcast, I'm going to check out, you know, um, what's happening here, here, here. And then I ask myself, what would I do without the internet? What, yeah. uh, the joke is, what would, what would we do without the internet? I think we've lost the idea, you know, we, we've forgotten how to go for a walk or, walk around and say hello to someone or read a book you know it's the internet is what we go to when we have free time that we want to spend these days and the person who said that quote was actually a researcher into internet addiction oh. you know the significance being even she acknowledges that it, without the internet she'd be lost mm, there would be a sense of loss yeah it's it's not even a loss, it's like a lost relative or something. Exactly, because a lot of people when you think about the internet, it's more than just something that you do in your spare time, it's something that is a part of you, it's it, it's become so integral in every aspect of life uh, college, uh, social interaction and even right now, uh, as we do this broadcast 
Yeah, exactly. It's part of how you live your life. How you show yourself online mm. is going to affect how people perceive you. Mm. And that's that's something that's very, very important even with Facebook when you think about it. Um, I know people who have been slighted on a comment on Facebook and end up falling out with the person in reality. Is that a dangerous thing to do? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we're at a stage where people don't quite treat the internet the same as real life. Mm. And maybe they never will. Maybe it'll always be this different kind of place. But it is a, it is a danger. You know, the relationships that you break and form on Facebook are completely real in real life. And maybe those people when they say things on Facebook, don't quite realise the effect that it's going to have when they log off. Yes, definitely, definitely. And that's a very, very interesting uh, point to bring up there, Connor, because, you know, it's something that we have to kind of watch and keep an eye on because it's it's ever-evolving. And at the moment, I don't think what happens on the internet is real to an extent in Facebook or when you're online gaming or something. It's because it's not. It's the internet. But some people do take it real uh, and take it as gospel. But... On the point of online gaming, you bring up here as well um, of people being hooked on MMOs, of course, like uh, World of Warcraft, Star Wars, The Old Republic, etc., etc. Would you outline the dangers of such? Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, the thing is that these are probably the most addictive thing on the internet. Um, If anybody has played games like Skyrim before, you know, massive role-playing games, these are offline role-playing games and people can get addicted to these and spend almost all the hours in the day on these games. I know over the Christmas break, pretty much all that I did, so I know from personal experience they're very, very dangerous. Mm. Um, when you combine that with the addictive powers of the internet, you have massively multiplayer online role-playing games where people have this immersive fantasy world. They can interact with other players and it, you you've basically got a social life, you've got that fantasy world that's kind of a bit of escapism and it's just very addictive. Um, There is a a guy, a founder of an addiction consultancy in Amsterdam that I managed to get a hold of and he said that video games may look innocent but they can be as addictive as gambling or drugs and just as hard to kick. I think on that note, Connor, I think you've actually answered the question. Uh, Definitely you know, I, I hope that everybody listening here bears that in mind and maybe watches their internet addiction because it is something that I think will become a much bigger problem in recent years, particularly as our technology expands and increases as we become a lot more into the matrix as it were. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the sorry. thing about video games is that, um, you know, we, we insulate our children from things like drugs and alcohol but we're readily letting our children use addictive online video games. And even to the iPhones as well. I see kids now almost every day being fantastic with iPhones, but able to, even to the Angry Bird game that was, you know, so crazy. You see people with it and, you know, been able to do it, and the kids been almost better at technology than their their parents. And I think it's a double-edged sword. One, it's great that the kids know how to use that stuff, but it's also bad because... They're being conditioned at a younger and younger age to depend yeah. on it. It's at a point when their brains are still forming. Yes. And, you know, it, it's likely to have a bigger effect on their brains even than on the brains of the adults that were, you know, that were in the study that I mentioned earlier. Mm. So the last word on it, Connor, you have it. The last word on it 
um, internet addiction. It's a fledgling area of research, but it's very real, and you can see the effects today. And we all kind of need to check our use and ask ourselves, you know, could I be doing something other than the internet right now? 100%. So, Connor, thank you very much for coming on the show today, sir. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. I'm going to throw it out to audience questions. Any uh, any takers? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about nudity all day. <laughs> just take out, take take the heat off. Um, for the voice actors, what um, voice do you think was the easiest to do out of all your characters, and what do you think was the hardest to do? Um, I try to pick voices that are not gonna burn out my voice. Um, except the hardest voice I did. There's a, a really awesome show called Dinosaur King, um, and I play uh, Doctor Z who basically talks like this and screams the whole time. And when I did that audition, they were like, we want you to work on the show. Um, we want you to play this character. Um, and that would be great. He doesn't speak a lot. Uh, he just like, starts the show and ends the show with what they need to do and, and how they failed. And I was like, great. And like, then it became like monologues of screaming at the top of my lungs. So that was the worst uh, voice. The easiest one is, um, I mean, basically said, Okaiba is me. Right, it's just a little darker. That's all it is with sarcasm, which is not really a stretch for me either. But yeah, kind of is the easiest. I actually have an easier time when I get to go big and crazy than when I have to be really like pulled back. So if any of you guys have seen Kakegurui Compulsive Gambler that came out recently, I played the character Mary, and she just got to be like insane, and it was so much fun. Um, but then you know characters like Two B were honestly harder for me because I couldn't show a lot of emotion, so I had to kind of really reel that in. Kira um, uh, and I are in a video game called uh, Near Automata. Uh, am I saying that right? Automata, I would have said. Is that like Automata? <laughs> yeah, I, I keep getting corrected by people with PhDs, so I'm going to go with Automata. We're watching anime and playing, uh, playing video games. So I play her, her, her pod, who uh, flies around with her and gives her information. Um, and that was probably the easiest voice I've ever done because it's essentially, it's just essentially me doing an answering machine for you. Um, and uh, and then I guess the har hardest ones would be like Azrael and Bla Blaze Blue, or um, who's just monster who like basically wants to eat and have sex with everything. Um, and uh, and Garnif in um, what is that called? Radiant Historia, where they just did a the, uh, a re a re release of it. Um, anybody? Anybody? Okay, never mind. I'm gonna take it off my resume. <laughs> Seth, what's been the most difficult role you've ever had to play? Hmm. Um, I, 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 I don't, I don't know that. Um, I mean, I think the 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 circumstances in in The Walking Dead are um, bring up some challenges. But I, I think the most difficult roles that I've had to play have been uh, on stage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Any particular play you like? Or? Um, Othello. I've mm. done Othello twice now. Um, I did it in Boston and I did it in Houston. And um, each time it presented challenges for me, uh, mostly with with uh, trying to be convincing. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the the, the material. So much as what I, I had to fight against my idea of what a general was like, and had to actually play the kind of general that I could play. Um, 
uh, a, a fellow, a lot of people w would assume that he's, and he's not written, it doesn't specify this in the script, but uh, he's usually cast as some massive hulking figure yeah. who could snap a neck with one hand. Um, I am not massive or hulking. Um, and I, I take two hands and a foot to get around a neck. So those trying to lose the idea of what the character was and playing the character as truly as I could was the, was the, was the biggest challenge that I've, that I've felt. That's making sense. The intent, just actually, you've kind of touched on something interesting there because, you know, Patrick Stewart, as you know, like, was a very famous uh, Shakespearean actor. And, like, you know, he was doing Star Trek for so many years and, like, the kind of dense language of it. And that's something I think that applies to anime as well. Again, my limited understanding of it. I can see you kind of making the face. No. But um, do you think, I mean, doing kind of classical, classical works like Shakespeare, like Othello or Macbeth or whatever, do you think that has, I mean, have any of you done Shakespeare before? I mean, I am not a face actor or a stage actor. I'm, so, not, I'm a singer-songwriter, so I'm a, the live theater part sure. is something that I can, can relate to. And actually, that's something that I do miss being a voice actor. Um, you know, it's fun to work in the studio. It's fun to make it perfect. And it's fun to say, okay, I can tweak this and go back to it later. But to me, what's amazing about being a, a true performer is the thing that disappears in the ether. I could perform the same song on a Monday night and a Tuesday night, and they're completely different. It might the subtleties or, or a play. It's like you know the energy of the audience is also something that's contagious as the people on stage. We pick up on that energy too, and that to me is the art of being a true performer. Yeah. And you know, with technology and and obviously doing anime or or uh, matching lip flap and things like that it becomes very technical, and it can also become you become very removed. From from the from the source, the energy of it, because you can fix it. Um, you know, I mean, think about live theater when someone goes off script to bring them back into it, to get back on, um, and that might be the magic of that night. So, I mean, that's something that I I I experience with my band because yeah, there's definitely sure. that going on. But I don't experience that as a voice actor, so I, I can't I can't say that that's uh, you know it would be great to do some voice acting in a Shakespearean way. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, and also I, I just want to say one last thing about playing a role that's been established. Yeah. You know, obviously Shakespeare. I mean, how many times have, have these shows been performed? Playing that and then adding or bringing something unique to to the performance, getting away from not only what you think the general should be, but what everyone else has done. How do, I, how do you make this a new way to tell a story that's been told over and over again? We've all seen Romeo and Juliet in many, many forms. That story has been told, not necessarily that it's Romeo and Juliet, but how do you tell that story in a fresh way as an actor? I think that's a great challenge. DC, because I know you played uh, Albert Wesker, and as you said yourself, like he's been played by other actors. I mean, how do you bring something unique to well, a Well, I'm just better than the other guy. So, <laughs> no, there's that. No, no, no. Actually, I've, can you bring something different? I mean, I've, I've, I've actually met them. Well, the thing, the thing is, they don't want you to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least because I did when I first started. I've done seven games, I think, for Resident Evil as Albert Wesker, and but the first one was Umbrella uh, God, Chronicles, <clears throat> and uh, so they wanted me to voice match Peter Jessup, who uh, I know is an LA actor, and we're actually at the same agency. Sweetheart of a guy, and super talented. So and he had he did the thing with like marbles in his mouth is the only way I can describe it, and so trying to match that for a bro so and I think I'm horrible in that first video game, but the, apparently Capcom didn't and so then they had me back for Resident Evil Five and so I was I brushed up on my Peter Jensen and I went in there and then they played Richard Waugh, 
And they said, so the voice match Richard Waugh for this, but now you're going to be evolving as well. So then I'm saying, of course, I can't not be me. You know, yeah, there are always going to be elements of me in my voice and performance and whatnot. So there's already a change, an alchemy, uh, uh, alchemy change. Um, but the, uh, uh, so I, if anything, I blended both of those two performances. Then my character has injected himself with some stuff. I don't know if you guys know it or not, but he, I can't even say it. Anyway, you know, and he, he basically becomes a, an insane um, monster. Uh, and uh, so at that point, I'm like, now I get to like uh, merge it more to sure. what I, I want to do. Then, speaking of fan service, um, I actually did um, literal videos for the fans of it because I'd never had so many fans before. Um, and so I started, and I, I, I was an editor for 10 years as well. I did my own film shorts and whatnot. So I started making these little things for the fans and doing Albert Wesker's voice. And so it's it's evolved over these years. And then and when I would go into new games, I'm like going, I, this is how I'm doing Albert Wesker now. And they're like, the, the, everyone, now I own it. I, well, yeah. I shouldn't say own it, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying. I, I you feel like myself. Feel my, 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 yeah. I don't know if I answered your question, but I felt like I talked a lot, so that was That's good. good. No, that's good. It's, fill, it's, filling, it's filling the air. It's okay. filling the air. It's filling the air. Anybody else? Any questions? One here. Oh, for one air. Sorry. Hi, I'm Kamal from Belgium. Hey. I have two short questions. One for maybe the anime part of it. Uh, is uh, did you have the opportunity to meet your colleagues from other foreign languages and do you know like a code from another language? Oh, you mean like the original Japanese actors? Maybe, or I don't know, or German, or French, uh, or I right, don't know. Right, um, I didn't, I've never met the the actors, but I did get to meet, because I also directed a lot of Pokemon and, and, and Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I got to meet the Japanese director of Yu-Gi-Oh. He came to watch, we just recently did the new movie, the, last year we did the movie uh, Dark Side of Dimensions, and so he came in to watch me dub as Kaiba. And it was great because, you know, those guys get to record pre-lay. They get to record first and then, right? But I have to now match the lip flap. So I, I did the movie in a three-hour session, and he comes up to me afterwards, and, you know, it's all very protocol, that sort of stuff, and says, um, your counterpart took three days to record what you did in three hours, and I was like, I'm not going to say. <laughs> so I got to leave, meet my director counterpart, but not my actor. I want to go to Japan, but I'm not famous there. Uh, I think it's a funny question you ask because you come from a country that doesn't have its own language. Um, the, no, I'm kidding. Oh! I'm kidding. Oh! <laughs> Belgium is a little bit complicated, you know. We have like languages and you know, it's complicated. I'm so playing with you. I'm sorry. Um, I actually, I've not met any counterparts, but I did get to hear. Uh, uh, I do a cartoon called Transformers Rescue Bots. Is, I think that's out here, right? Yeah. Um, and so I got to hear. Uh, 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 the German version of it, which was which was very funny, uh, but now there's you know we did our four seasons now there's a new iteration of the show but they they went non-union and with New York actors and they're doing the animation in this country now, and uh, so they've replaced all of our voices so that'll be interesting to see who's now, but that's kind of cool is that that's a, some guy in New York has to impersonate me so I'll be interested to see how they do it. <laughs> Um, and the other question was for you, Seth, did you have the opportunity to hear your, I don't know, French, German voice, uh, other language, I don't know, I, I know I, the French voice, but... Uh, yeah, I've, I've not heard the French voice, I've heard, I've heard it in Spanish, um, it sounds a lot more impassioned than, uh, than I do, it's like, I, I want this guy's passion, I need this, you know, so it was a little, it, it, was, it was a little unnerving. Um, but I haven't heard any other languages. I, I, I'd be interested to hear what they sound like. 
I bet that's really weird seeing your face with someone else's voice. It was. It, it was. It was. At first, I was envious of how husky his voice was. <laughs> but did you feel violated at all? I no, no. I because uh, because whoever they got to do this thing was he was feeling it, and I was like, you know, I need to. I should take some acting lessons from this guy or something. It was. Um. No, it was cool. I mean, if it if it would have been you know, slack or shitty, then right. I probably would have felt violated. Right. I probably would have felt like, well, I can fucking do that. Just, you know, get up there and suck. You know, but, uh, in any language. <laughs> but no, this guy was, he was really good. So, um, so yeah, I found myself taking notes. What was it for? Can you, was it for Walking Dead or was it for a search? Um, no, this was, uh, this was for The Wire. Oh, cool. This was for The Wire. Nice. Okay. We have another one in the back. Just um, wanted to find out from the anime guys, uh, is anime something you stumbled across or fell into in an acting world, or is it something you strove to, to become? <clears throat> uh, you want to start? Yeah. No, <laughs> I asked you. You know what's funny is, um, uh, the, the, in, because uh, actors, we're always looking for work, right? Uh, it's, when we're not working, that it's, we always go from job to job to job, we're journeymen, that's, that's the, the nature of it. And so, um, and in, in the voiceover world, anime, uh, union anime, uh, any kind of dubbing, is, pays the lowest of all the types of jobs that you can get voiceover-wise. Um, so I, I stumbled into it, because I, I used to be part of a Walla group, and they said, we've got this thing, and it's a, and I didn't know if they called it anime then, they just said this Japanese cartoon, because this was like the late 90s or something. And I went in and I, I, did, I did what seemed to be like, you know, three, uh, four hour sessions for this thing. And I got, this is the longest movie in the world. Um, and then a year later, they called me and they said, we need you to come back for season two. And I go, season? <laughs> it was a TV show? I didn't know, because um, it didn't pay like a TV series that I was a lead on. Um, and uh, so I, I said, you know, no, because I had, at that point I started a home booth and I was, you know, I mean, I can do like a hardware commercial for somebody in Oklahoma and make more than I would in that time. And I just said, no, uh, I was telling Kira this, that the, um, so years go by. And so in 2010, I'm like at my, one of my first cons and I'm hearing about all these conventions and I'm going, how come I don't get invited to more conventions? I just did the Resident Evil and that's why I was at this, this anime con. And they said, well, you have no anime credits. And I'm like going, anime, anime? Oh, that thing that I didn't, oh, and so then I reached out to all the anime directors. I'm willing to do anime again. I am, I am. So finally I'm getting more stuff in, in that world. So, but that's, it's one of those things that for me, it was um, uh, just another way of, of, of making ends meet, like doing Walla and commercials or any, any, any kind of thing, so. Kira, how about you? I feel like I'm kind of the opposite of most actors that I hear from about this in the sense that I knew that I wanted to do like anime and video games and you know unfortunately yeah as, as DC just mentioned anime does pay the lowest of other things so you know but when I got into it I was like I just I really want to do this and I you know I was a fan of that particular type of media at the time and just thought it would be really cool so I kind of knew specifically that I wanted to do that. And then now, now that I like work in that field a lot, I'm like, this is really cool, but I want to do like, you know, commercials and stuff where I can make more money. So, <laughs> uh, so I'll try to give you the short version. So um, I started playing music from eighth grade. Uh, that was my that was my passion, and um, I worked as a tennis pro during the summers. And one of the members said, "We have a, a job opening at the recording studio that I own. 
um, are you interested in working there? And I said, this is a great idea. That, of course, is exactly what I want to be doing. And so they hired me, and it was basically a voiceover studio. Um, I was the coffee guy. I took the garbage out um, and slowly went from that to being the production assistant. Then I was a casting director. Then I was the in-house producer, so I produced a lot of the, the commercials that were there. And then I ran the studio for 10 years. And while I was doing that, I was pursuing music. And... Uh, I would step in and read with actors when people didn't show up for casting uh, uh, sessions and slowly but surely the clients would say, we like the last guy, but he didn't say his name at the end. We want to use him. And that was me. Um, and at that point, I was offered a, a, a big rock tour to go on. And I thought, what can I do from anywhere? I could be a voice actor as long as I can have a microphone and find a studio. So I went out on tour. I contacted one of the agents that I had been working with and said, I want to do this and they were like great they signed me and then I went on tour did voice acting that way commercials mostly and then for kids which did all the Pokemon stuff like that they I was directing myself on a lot of these sort of series as well um, they said we'd like to hire you as a as a director you come in here and, and, and direct Yu-Gi-Oh! so anime was something I grew up watching Battle of the Planets was my favorite show Casey Kasem played Mark from G-Force that was what I watched as a kid in fifth and sixth grade um, but I didn't think I was going to do cartoon voiceovers or voiceovers in general. But I mean, I do audio books and all, anything that involves voice is what I do. And it made sense as a singer. You know, singing and pitch and inflection are the same thing. So it just made sense. So I fell into it. And of course, that's now, I mean, I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that people actually want to meet me and get my autograph and things for these, these shows. I'm very proud of them. But that was not my passion uh, growing up at all. But it's become that's my source of income and yes the 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 union stuff it's funny the union stuff with anime pays the, the littlest bit um but with shows like pokemon and things like that we all did films we did major motion pictures which you know i mean thank goodness i bought my house with that you know i mean so there this has been uh, you know a blessing it's a cartoon house yes <laughs> but it, it's two-dimensional there's a door <laughs> and you go and if you run into it it'll fall over <laughs> you, you probably got some of the roles that DC refused because he wanted to do hardware commercials. Oh, old school anime. The first show was Slayers. If you ever, if you know the series Slayers, I played Gallery on Slayers. That was my first recurring role in anime. So there it is. That's old, old school. I think they still drew that with their hands. The one at the back there. Hi, how you doing? I'm Claire. Uh, my show is the Nerdy Gardy Wordy Show. We're on Dublin City FM. Um, I have a question about how you, when you go into the booth to create your characters, you're, you, you don't have, say, costume, makeup, and, and set to help you create characters. How do you, do you do anything? Do you have any little props? And I suppose the flip side of that then would be for Seth. When you are dealing with costume and set and prosthetics and things that might be uncomfortable as an actor, so like on one side, no props, no costume. The other, you know, how do you work that as a, as a you know, to bring the character to life? Why don't you take that one first? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not one of those actors who, who tries to have any real influence over what the costume is going to be or what the, the look is going to be. I know some actors are very protective of, of that, but I, I, I feel very much like it's a collaboration and it's up to me to make, as long as whatever I'm wearing fits, um, it's up to me to make it work. Um, I The costume that I have for The Walking Dead is exceedingly uncomfortable. Um, the last 
couple of episodes that I had to do, I had to wear these contact lenses, which were exceedingly uncomfortable. Um, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, you can see them. They came out like three or four weeks ago. Oh. So. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it was trying to... Uh, uh, I guess if, if I were to fight against what somebody is trying to give me to work with, then I'm not being open to the, to the material as fully as I could be. And there's something about dressing up. It's one of the first things um, I remember doing when I was a young boy is, you know, when it's dressing up and doing my impersonations of the Godfather and everything else for my family, you know, and I would stick the oranges in my mouth and I would have all my little props and my little pillow to, to accentuate my belly and all that kind of stuff. So whenever I get on a set and I get into costume, it throws me back to the playfulness, the childlike wonder of what it's like uh, uh, to be an actor. And I'm always grateful for it. I don't know that I could work um, in, um, in a vacuum at this point. I don't know that I could, could go to work in my underwear. <laughs> well, you know, there, there, there's two sides of, of at least with the cartoon stuff um, for, for me is I'm either presented with um, the visual, sometimes they'll play the original voice if it's Japanese, and, and of course cultures are different in terms of what we think is funny, what we think, like um, for instance, uh, the Japanese might have a character that's named Tiny. Right, and he's got a big voice like this, and that's you know. Or here, you know, Tiny might be the big fat guy, and he has a high voice. So it's like you know, you go against the type that they might have originally done. Um, but then also with things that are sort of prelay. Um, All right, guys, and that's going to do it for another edition here of Nerd to Know on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. I've been Daryl Connor. Uh, we're going to finish with Adam next week, guys. That's uh, another fifty minutes left, but it's crazy. One of the guys is James from Pokemon. He also did the voice of Setakaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, one of the guys there is voice of Wesker. So uh, I kind of didn't want to ruin the surprise, but if you're an anime fan or if you're a video game fan, you know you've heard these guys before. So that's uh, pretty cool. There's a bit more to go on that, but we'll wrap it up next week again. Thank you very much for listening in. We'll talk to you next Saturday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Seasons don't feel the reaper, nor do the wind, the sun or the wind.